Welcome to Al Bernstein Unplugged Unboxing. In a 40-year Hall of Fame career, Al has chronicled some of the greatest moments in boxing history. On this podcast, you get to hear him expand on those memories and talk about the current news in the sport of boxing. You also hear Al interview some of the biggest names in the sport. Here's Al Bernstein Unplugged. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. On this edition, we're going to visit with a delightful and talented young man. His name is Angelo Leo, who uh, is a terrific 122-pound fighter, a former champion who uh, lost his championship earlier this year, but is now um, back in action to try and get back uh, to uh, championship status and win another world title. Uh, the man he'll be facing on June 19th, Aaron Alameda, who himself just challenged for a 122-pound championship against Louis Nitti. Uh, that was when Nitti was champion before he lost his uh, championship to Brandon Figueroa. Uh, and this June 19th card, which will be uh, televised on Showtime, uh, they will be a supporting fight to the main event, which is um, Jermel Charlo, or Jamal Charlo, excuse me, the uh, middleweight champion, WBC middleweight champion, who's defending his title against Juan Macias Montiel uh, in what should be a very good matchup. And the matchup that Angelo Leo has against Alameda should be excellent, too. Alameda is a southpaw from Mexico who's 25-1, and one, the only loss being that one uh, for the championship. He fought well in that fight, uh, but just came up a little bit short. And so here is uh, Leo taking on a tough lefty um, in a very challenging fight uh, to see if he can uh, get right back to a world title shot. And there's no reason why Angelo Leo, if he wins this fight, shouldn't have a chance at a, uh, a world title matchup. So here is our chat with Angelo Leo. Angelo, thanks for joining us. Uh, you are now removed by about four months since your uh, last fight, uh, championship fight against Stephen Fulton. Terrific fight. One of, the, one of the best fights. I'm sure it will be valued uh, in the year, even though it was early in the year. Uh, and unfortunately, you lost the decision and lost your, your, your crown. How did you um, get past that? Uh, emotionally and mentally, how did you kind of compartmentalize that and put it uh, in its proper place? Well, you know, uh, it was, um, you know, to be honest, it was pretty tough, you know, taking that first out, taking that first loss. And, uh, you know, I took it tough. It took it tough. It wasn't, you know, it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, I was, uh, I had a lot of uh, regrets, you know, I had a lot of regrets in my training camp, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, I was just mad at boxing. I was mad at boxing. Mm. And, um, you know, I felt I could have done more. But, um, you know, when the smoke cleared after a few weeks, you know, I started getting that hunger back to get it back into the ring and to prove to everyone, you know, that I'm still a top contender and I still could be a, a world champion. And um, I guess that's just really what, what motivated me is to, is I, lo I was looking back and I was reflecting on, you know, all the hard work I put in ever since mm -hmm. I was a kid, you know, and I was not just going to let it go just with the loss. Yeah, you mentioned you, you felt like you had some regrets. Was Were there things you could learn from this experience uh, that would be helpful moving forward? Definitely, definitely, of course. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about that fight. I learned a lot about myself. 
um, you know, and it was just a learning experience. That's how that's how I take it. Um, you know, it's more more so on my end, you know, than what Fulton did. You know, it was um, what I should have done, but you know, it, it it is what it is. It happened, and uh, I move on for, from it, and I learn from it. You know, yeah, it a uh, loss can make you or break you, and in my case, you know, it's gonna make me a better fighter. Interesting, yeah. Um, well, the whole point is, it's a cliche, but they all say, you know, we all get knocked down in life. It's not that you got knocked down, it's how you get back up. And that's, that's at the end of the day, it's, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason, right? Right, right, right. Um, now, you end, now here we are, fast forward to now, and on June 19th, you're going to be taking on Aaron Alameda. Uh, Jumping in with a very good fighter, which I'm sure is by design, because f probably for a couple of reasons, and you can tell me, but uh, number one, uh, I know you want to compete against good fighters, and number two, you want to show people you're right there. You don't want to make anybody feel like you've just because you lost a close decision uh, against a very good fighter that you've regressed in any way. Alameda has uh, only one loss, and that was in his last fight against Luis Neri, uh, a decision loss in which he fought well, and Neri was then champion. Uh, so is that is, was there a reason why you wanted to get in there right now and uh, why you would fight Alameda? Um, basically, that was the plan since, you know, after my last fight, you know, um, I had talked to my promoters. And um, they had told me, you know, um, you know, take your take your break um, and then we'll get right back to it. You know, two, three more fights, you know, you'll be back in a in a you know title fight as long as you as you win. And so that was that had been the plan, you know, to to fight tough fighters. I'm at an, I fight at an elite level at this point in my career. So, you know, I'm going to fight elite fighters, top contenders. So if it's Aaron Alameda, then, you know, it's got to be Aaron Alameda then. And the interesting thing, and this is where I think this is a benefit for your situation. You're in a division that has so many good fighters and so many potential good matchups that even non-title matchups matter enough to, number one, be more lucrative than they might have been, and number two, be meaningful fights. Definitely, definitely. I agree. I agree 100% on that, you know. Um, you got fighters like uh, Daniel Roman that are yeah. top contenders that used to be former world champions as well, and um, they're hungry to get back up in, into into the title fights, just as hungry as I am to to do the same. So you know we're all competing. You know this uh, the junior featherweight division is a stacked division. You know there's yeah. um, it it's probably if it's not the lightweight division, it's probably the junior featherweight uh, division that is right now is probably the most popular. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. I think, I think it's the best, uh, in terms of actual talent, I think it's the best division in boxing right now. Uh, and uh, you're a perfect example. Here you are, somebody's just, you know, you're one of those top fighters. And, uh, and you know, when you start making lists of the fighters in that division, you can go 10 deep really easy and uh, not, you know, without a hitch. Definitely, definitely, you know, um, yeah, this, this, this division is stacked and then all around it too, you got the Bantamweights, you got the, the, right. the people all like around to move it. up. So, you know, they're all potential matchups. So in this, 
and, and right now I cannot uh, let my guard down. You know, I gotta let, I gotta show everyone that, you know, I belong here and that, you know, I'm a true threat at the junior, in the junior featherweight division. Um, you, uh, uh, you are one of the best body punchers in the sport. Um, and uh, it, that's something your dad, of course, is your trainer. And you guys have worked on that. What kind of led you to that being your signature calling card as a fighter? I'd have to say um, just watching a lot of uh, watching a lot of different fighters throw that body shot when I was growing up, you know? I grew up on fighters like Chavez, um, Barrera, uh, Morales, and all those fighters, you know, they threw that same punch. And then, you know, um, my trainers, uh, Luis Chavez, Rudy Chavez, my dad, they all instilled that from a very young age. You know, you throw that body shot, it doesn't have to be hard. It just has to be placed right. And, um, you know, I started I started uh, stopping fighters, stop, stopping amateur fighters with that, with that punch. And, since then, you know, it just gave me more confidence and I just didn't stop, became my signature punch. Yeah, and uh, and you do it so well. Now, your dad was a welder uh, and uh, he uh, he had a great interest in boxing, brought you to the gym when you were very young. Uh, and at first, boxing was like, it didn't, it wasn't like it jumped out at you at the beginning. You had to kind of uh, 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 create a love for it, didn't you? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, we at first I had started at a, a community center, you know, it was a community center with a boxing gym attached to it. So they took me for the summer, you know, it was just a kind of a pastime. But then, um, you know, as the school year started, you know, I started getting, started getting a little bit more serious, uh, started going every day. And then from there, you know, I started getting my, my, my fights in and I started winning. So that gave me some confidence to keep doing it. And, you know, here we are now. Yeah. And, uh, you, you, and your dad used to look at the, the boxing magazines, uh, and, uh, and kind of dream of, uh, of that. And I, I love the quote you said, uh, I used to, I looked uh, after I got, you know, far ahead in the pro uh, game, I thought, Hey, I'm like one of those guys on the magazine that I, <laughs> that I used to look at. So kind of gives you a good sense of, uh, of self-worth, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. You know, um, that's in always ever since I was a, a young kid, you know, I've always uh, inspired to be to be something and I had a big imagination. So, you know, I, I told myself when I was when I was younger, I was like, you know, I could be on one of those magazines if I just stick to it. That's great. Let's talk about your fight on June 19th uh, coming up. And uh, one you're fighting a left-hander in Alameda, and you fought lefties. You beat uh, uh, Williams, I think, for the uh, for the title uh, when you, who was a lefty. And you, um, against the lefty, you have a couple of tools that are great, like that left hook to the body and the head. Um, how 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 do you train to fight left-handers? Well, um, you know, you can't put too much thought of it into it. You know, I know that everyone has their their keys to, to beating the lefty, you know, but um, the main goal is, um, you know, to keep, it's all about positioning with the lefty, you know, you got to have the right position and uh, you got to know where you're at in the ring and uh, use your jab, uh, your straight right hands and left hooks, as they say, but most importantly is to be yourself in there, to go in there and do what you do best. Yeah, not let that alter you, I guess, in a way, huh? 
exactly you know keep it there keep it on the back burner but don't don't let that be the focus of the fight because you know he, he might have different tools yeah and alameda fought a very good fight against luis neri uh you know we coming in he was a little bit of an unknown quantity uh hadn't fought in the united states that much and and it was uh we knew he was a quality fighter but he fought very well against neri so he is not someone to take lightly definitely definitely no he's uh I think he has 25 wins and uh, one loss and 13 knockouts. That's a good record, you know, and that'll tell you that um, he he's not to be to be um, overlooked. And he's also fought Luis Netty. He went the distance with them. So, you know, he, he's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. But uh, I do see some flaws in, in, his, in his arsenal. And I feel like I can exploit all those. What does uh, Angelo Leo have to is there anything or any things that you feel like you have to really concentrate on to make sure that you come back at the highest level? What part of it mentally and physically is most important for you? Um, you know, well, physically has never been a problem, never been an issue. Yeah. You know, I've always trained hard. Um, this time I'm actually trained a little bit more harder than on my last one. Uh, I, hired a strength, I hired a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, mentally, it's just to go in there and have fun, you know, do what I do best. Um, don't let anyone alter my, my train of thought and, uh, go in there and just look impressive and have fun. Most importantly, you, uh, are from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and you've been in Las Vegas now for a couple of years. Uh, first let's talk about Albuquerque. Uh, you became a world champion and brought a championship to Albuquerque. I knew you want to do that again. The fans there are very appreciative, are they not, of uh, of of their native sons that are boxers? Definitely, definitely, they they definitely take pride in um in 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 their fighters. <clears throat> Albuquerque is a fighting town, and um, you know I'm one. I'm a perfect example of that. You know I come from the South Valley, South Valley of Albuquerque, um, rough neighborhood. Uh, a lot of gangs, a lot of drugs, all that, you know, but I was able to persevere and not get into that. And, you know, I'm a perfect example of, you know, if you put your mind to it, you know, you could, you could do it. You could do anything you, you want. And, and uh, you have a, a good family structure and boxing maybe added another element to making sure that your life was focused enough so that those issues didn't take over in your life. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I've always had my uh, my dad to keep me straight, to keep me on on course. Um, I had uh, all my family members, you know, give me good advice. My trainers, everyone was there to help me through this, you know. And uh, I appreciate I appreciate all of them, and they are where I, they are the reason why I, I am here today. Uh, you uh, you now train, of course, in the Mayweather gym, and you're part of Mayweather Promotions. What's that been like, uh, being uh, in an organization where the most iconic boxer of this generation is uh, is the head man? And how much does that filter down to, to all of you? It means a lot. You know, it means a lot. Uh, Floyd, he has a lot of power in, in, in boxing. And, um, you know, his, his name holds a lot of weight. So if he... Uh, if he promotes me, you know, it, it's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to to the boxing because they know who I am. And, and it's Floyd Mayweather, you know, there's um, that's that's all you can say about it. 
And does he ever get hands-on and make suggestions to you uh, in terms of the boxing part? Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes when he walks into the gym, you know, and I see him, you know, he'll give me some advice. He'll give me some pointers here and there. But, um, you know, for the, mo for the most part, he lets me, he, he lets me and, my, and my team do the work. You know, he, he's not yeah. interfering too much or anything like that. He, he lets me do what I do best. Well, this is an important moment coming up on June 19th for sure. Uh, how do you, you said before, the key thing is to get in there and to have fun and do it. So it sounds like you're trying to look at this not as a pressure moment, but as simply a, a, a joyous moment to get back and do what you do and do it well. Exactly, exactly. Um, don't get me wrong, there is pressure on, yeah. in this fight. There's definitely a lot at stake at this fight. But at the end of the day, you know, I got to go in there and do what I do best and, you know, and, and fight my fight. That's all, that's all that matters is I fight my fight. Uh, the training, I, um, I've been working hard. I've been training hard. Uh, there's no question about that. And um, you guys will see. You guys will see June 19th. It's going to be a different Leo. Well, we're uh, uh, very anxious to see on the 19th. I'm, I'm happy to be able to announce that fight uh, again. It's always a joy to announce your fights because I am a person that appreciates a great body puncher. And it's fun to watch you ply. Your, not that you can't punch somebody that had you do, but uh, that body punching is just a beautiful thing to watch. And uh, you are as I said, one of the best in the sport of boxing. So it'll be fun to watch you uh, ply your craft again uh, on June 19th. Uh, the best of luck to you. And I, I appreciate you joining us, Angelo. All right. Thank you. Take appreciate care. you. So as you saw, Angelo, uh, a delightful young man um, who uh, is living a, a dream he had. I love the portion of that interview where he talks about looking at boxing magazines and hoping that someday his picture can be on those magazines, and, uh, and they have been. So he's, uh, he's living a dream, but hoping that he can uh, get back to that championship dream, uh, which he realized before, but uh, had it uh, taken away. So uh, he will be trying to uh, earn his way back to that on June 19th. That, as I said, that should be a very good card on Showtime. Of course, I will be there announcing that. Uh, along with my teammates, Mar Ronaldo, Abner Maras, Brian Custer, uh, Jim Gray, and Steve Farhood on hand. Uh, and we'll have a, a good time doing that. Now, on our next show, we're going to be featuring a gentleman who will also be on an upcoming Showtime card, a Showtime pay-per-view card that uh, will be the following week on June 26th, um, which features at the top of it uh, Mario Barrios taking on Javante Davis. Uh, Davis moving up a couple of weight divisions to battle 140-pounder Mario Barrios for his secondary title. That should be intriguing. And underneath it, a fight that I think all boxing fans are looking forward to, 154-pound matchup between Jason Rosario, a former champion who lost to Jermel Charlo, and Erickson Lubin, who has, other than a loss to Jermel Charlo, been undefeated as a top 154-pound contender. The winner of this matchup almost surely will fight against the winner of Jermel Charlo and Brian Castaño, which is a title unification match. So when whoever wins between Castaño and Jermel Charlo, assuming there is a winner and no draw, 
would be the unified champion at 154, and whoever wins this match between Lubin and uh, Rosario um, would presumably challenge the winner of that. Uh, we're going to have Erickson Lubin as our next guest on the show. Uh, he is a, um, uh, a superb uh, fighter who, as I said, has been spotless in his record other than a, uh, a knockout loss to Charlo. Since then, he's, he's gone on a winning streak and uh, won his way back to a top contending uh, position. So it'll be fun to talk to him. And as always, a reminder, our friend Tom Yankello with his world-class boxing channel on YouTube merits a look. So go check that out for some informative and historical videos on the sport of boxing. Well, we will see you next time uh, here on Albertstein Unplugged. Take care, everybody.